There is now only one day left until the day in our portion of the Northern Hemisphere with the least amount of light. Does the holiday time coincide coincidentally with this orbital highlight of the year, or have the two fused together over millennia? Perhaps we'll never fully understand for sure, but there's always a journey in pondering the question. That's not really what Charlottesville Community Engagement is usually about, but I'm the host, Sean Tubbs, and I'm in wonder of it all. On today's program, an arrest is made in connection with a shooting early Sunday in Charlottesville. Charlottesville City Attorney Lisa Robertson is stepping down by the end of the month. Albemarle and Charlottesville are preparing to collect a plastic bag tax on January 1st. Six new firefighters have joined Albemarle County. A former coach of Lane High School has died. And Albemarle County supervisors agree to hire five new social workers to help contend with the end of COVID-19 rules for federal benefits. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, with just a few days before the holidays, there is still time to help ensure that someone who could really use a gift to get one this Christmas. The Student National Medical Association is partnering with the UVA Health Office of Diversity and Community Engagement to collect and distribute gift cards. Every year, UVA's SNMA chapter works with Charlottesville's City of Promise to sponsor a toy drive for the West Haven community. Children create holiday wish lists and your purchase of a $20 gift card from area stores or a donation through Venmo will help more community members have the opportunity to purchase the things they want for themselves and their children. This year, the SNMA has extended their reach in support of children and parents associated with Abundant Life Ministries and Well Aware. You can learn more in the flyer below or call Jacqueline Martin at 434-409-4313. A man wanted in connection with a shooting incident on 14th Street early Sunday morning has been arrested. The U.S. Marshals Service and the Stanton Police Department have arrested 28-year-old Anthony Page of Charlottesville on charges of felony malicious wounding, the use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and discharging a firearm within 1,000 feet of a school. That's connected to one of two shots fired reports sent out by the Charlottesville Police Department in the past three days. In the first, officers responded to calls of gunfire on 14th Street Northwest around 2.20 a.m. Sunday morning. One male victim was transported to the University of Virginia Medical Center for the treatment of a gunshot wound. The next day at 10.56 a.m., the CPD released an update that officers were looking for a specific individual who turned out to be Paige. Later on that afternoon, a second incident was announced as having occurred on North Berkshire Road. One female was transported to the University of Virginia Medical Center for the treatment of a gunshot wound. There is no additional information today in the North Berkshire incident, but Page was arrested with 30-year-old Miria Chavon Smith of Stanton on warrants for felony malicious wounding and being a principal in the second degree. Charlottesville City Attorney Lisa Robertson is leaving her position effective December 28, 2022. The news was reported last night by Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers. Uh, Lisa has had a long career with uh, the city of Charlottesville. 
Um, in my time here, I recognize her as one top-notch professional who, who you can rely on for sound advice and guidance. Robertson has only been in the top position since May of 2021, when she was elevated from interim city attorney, a position she held after former attorney John Blair became interim city manager in the fall of 2020. Robertson worked for the city in two different stints. Robertson's departure comes at a time when the city faces several high-profile lawsuits, including one from former police chief Rochelle Brackney. Robertson defended the city's removal of two Confederate statues on city-owned land before the Virginia Supreme Court and argued for the dismissal of a suit against the recently adopted comprehensive plan. Interim City Manager Rogers said he would come back to council with next steps for filling the position. We will appoint a, uh, an acting uh, city attorney from, uh, from the staff, and then we will discuss other steps that we need to take in order to uh, make sure we're covered uh, in that office. Council took action later in the meeting on a resolution to allow Rogers to make adjustments to hire outside counsel when needed. Before they took a vote, councilors weighed in on Robertson's looming departure. Here is Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook. Mm-hmm. Over the last few years, it's been a tough time to be in the city attorney's office. Yeah. Uh, and she has done a, a great service to us. And we will, uh, we will be lucky if we find somebody as competent as she. The vote to approve that resolution was 4-0, to zero, with Councillor Cena McGill absent from the meeting. If you use plastic bags provided by grocery stores to take your food and beverages home in Albemarle and Charlottesville, it's going to cost you slightly more. Here's a press release that went out late Monday afternoon. As authorized through Virginia Code Section 58.1-1745, retailers will be required to charge $0.05 per disposable plastic bag provided to customers at checkout. The idea is to incentivize people to carry reusable bags, Revenue must go to specific sources, including purchase of bags for people with eligible incomes, a marketing campaign for environmental education, or litter cleanup programs. The tax itself will be administered by the Virginia Department of Taxation. There are links to websites on both Albemarle and Charlottesville for more information from those localities. Are you a retailer? If so, are you prepared to implement the fee? What about a consumer? Will this change your behavior? Let me know in the comments or drop me a line. I'd love to know. Six new firefighters have joined Albemarle County this week after going through an abbreviated recruit school. The county announced this morning that the new public safety employees had previous experience and are known as lateral recruits. In the newsletter, Albemarle County Fire Rescue Chief Dan Eggleston is quoted as saying that ACFR personnel are highly trained and motivated to provide the highest quality service to the residents of Albemarle. In this case, these particular individuals were already trained firefighters elsewhere, and they came to work there. The six new recruits are part of an Albemarle County Fire Rescue Department with 167 full-time employees. Public Information Officer Bridget Potinsky said that starting pay for firefighters with no experience is $50,000 a year, and pay can go up based on qualifications. Two of the six in this particular class were paramedics beforehand. The county will begin a new recruiting class next year, but that will be for those without experience already. 
If you or anyone you know is interested, visit workforacfr.com for details on the upcoming 24-week training session that will be held for the next class next year. A football coach who led Lane High School to a 53-game winning streak has died at the age of 89. Thomas George Theodos died Saturday, as announced by Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook on Monday night. He was at Lane when I was at Lane back in the 1960s. The winning streak came between 1962 and 1967, at a time when Charlottesville schools transitioned from resistance to segregation to acceptance. The streak straddled that time. He coached the first integrated state championship team in 1963 as they went 10-0. Just as an indication of how really revered he was at that point in Charlottesville, that there was a referendum to have uh, two high schools built. And one of the contentious issues was, well, which one of the high schools is going to get Tommy Theodos as their football coach? Charlottesville opted instead to build two middle schools, which would become Walker Upper Elementary School and Buford Middle School. The stadium at Charlottesville High School is named after the late Theodos. You can learn more about his life and what he leaves behind in an obituary. There's a link in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Chris Bear, Colorful Leaves, Hot Cocoa, Snow Days. There are plenty of reasons to get excited about fall and winter, but the return of high heating bills is not one of them. Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has been empowering Virginians with energy efficiency and solar solutions since 2010. With programs for all income levels, residents can access upgrades like insulation, LED bulbs, low flow fixtures, and affordable rooftop solar systems. Visit www.leapva.org to learn more. Fill out the LEAP Services Inquiry Form to lower high heating bills and stay cozy this winter. It has been two and three quarters of a year since COVID-19 was declared a public health emergency, and much of the economy was shut down for a while to help reduce the spread of a virus that was still little known. Rules for federal benefits were altered for a while, and now social services departments across the United States are scrambling to prepare for that period to end. Kaki Dimmick is Albemarle's Director of Social Services. The Department of Social Services finds itself responding to some pretty significant mid-year federal policy change, which results, what we predict will result in a significant increase in the workload uh, required for us to manage this. Dimmick went before the Albemarle Board of Supervisors on December 14th to request additional staff to handle the end of COVID-19 benefits. During the beginning of the pandemic, the federal um, safety net programs uh, very intentionally decided to create expanded eligibility um, and no ending of benefits during the period of time during the pandemic. This is super helpful for people who are experiencing workforce disruptions um, and additional concerns for their families. That has increased the workload for Albemarle and other jurisdictions who ultimately report to the Virginia Department of Social Services. For the county, that means over 10,500 open Medicaid cases and 3,400 households on SNAP benefits, 
and for over two and a half years, there was no requirement to vet whether any of the cases were qualified. That will soon come to an end after a series of extensions expires. When the public health uh, emergency benefits are end, all of those cases will need to be reviewed for eligibility. And this time we were informed pretty robustly by both state and federal representatives not to expect an additional extension. The exact date for when the transition will occur has not yet been released. Localities do not have the option to waive eligibility requirements for federal programs. Thousands of cases will need to be reviewed, and those reviews will need to be approved by staff supervisors. Uh, it will require all recipients of TANF, the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program, to participate in Virginia's initiative for education and work. And that uh, requirement will begin in January, regardless of whether the public health benefits are extended or not. Dimmick is requesting an additional five full-time equivalents to help with the additional workload. She said there is a possibility of additional support from the Commonwealth, but not enough information is known. She said overtime for existing staff is not an option, given high workloads as it is. And so as a workforce stabilization and retention effort, um, we're choosing not to pursue overtime as the only method. Um, we're concerned that we'll lose our staff. The positions would be classified as temporary, but the idea would be that new people hired could remain within the department as others retire. Supervisor Jim Andrews of the Samuel Miller District had a question about whether Albemarle was alone in making these preparations. This is sort of mandated through federal policy changes that are implemented nationwide, presumably, and also affecting many localities throughout Virginia the exact same way. And I don't know if there's been any uh, conversations with other jurisdictions, uh, how they're handling this, or if this is a scramble that everybody's going to be going through. Dimmick said she has been in conversation with other jurisdictions and different localities are taking different approaches. There are some jurisdictions that say they have unfilled positions that they feel like they can fill to manage the workload without additional FTEs and others who are in a similar request scramble to try to provide additional overtime, some temporary support, some additional staff like we're suggesting today. Supervisor Diantha McKeel said she wanted the public to understand how crucial the role social services has played during the pandemic. I just really appreciate all of your all's hard work and the overtime and everything that your department has <laughs> struggled with over the last two or three years. And this is one of the only times that I've written about social services. It is something I would like very much to write more about, but it is very difficult to write about particular individuals as they're struggling. There are legal issues involved. But if you have a story you'd like to tell, I can't guarantee it would be in Charlottesville Community Engagement, but you can help me understand more. And if you'd like to write about these topics, let me know. Drop me a line. We can talk. But that's the end of this particular edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. How many more editions are there to go before 2022's long beard ushers in a fresh-faced 2023? Depends on how much information happens between now and then, and how much there is still to process. This newsletter is a mix of what's happening at the moment, as well as what's already happened at meetings. There's a lot to get to still. The schedule will be a little erratic for the next week with a bit of traffic on my part as I travel around the eastern seaboard with family. 
I'm the driver, so that makes it hard to do the reporting at the same time. But I will be posting periodically as I can, so I can get caught up on 2022 before 2023 takes over. Thank you today to Doug Eddy and Jen Finazzo for their audio contributions to the podcast today. In return, Jen wants you to know about Fiori Floral Studio for all of your holiday floral needs. Support comes from readers and listeners, and today let's talk about Substack. That's the company that delivers each newsletter and podcast to your inbox. They take a very small cut, and your paid subscription goes right to Town Crier Productions, which is the company I have set up to do this work. Ting will match every single initial payment, whether that be at the $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year level. This little bit really makes a difference. Either way, do consider Ting for your high-speed internet. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you know what you're going to get. Free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Perhaps, Perhaps another, another one, one of these will come, will come out, out tomorrow, tomorrow, but most, most likely, likely it's going to be, be on December 22nd. 22nd. But, but who knows? knows? I really love doing this work and thank all of you who are helping to make it happen. I'm Sean Tubbs, and thank you for being here. <laughs>